In just one week, Kamala Harris talked about racist trees, told scientists about the scientific method, and broke out a weird French accent to the French. Left-wing elites mocked the testimony of Kyle Rittenhouse, plus Mitch McConnell pushed the infrastructure bill, but now says he'll skip the signing ceremony. All that and more, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news app. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Kamala Harris. And I know that today is Relax Brain Friday, and that segment usually comes at the end of the Friday show. It's still there, but the things Kamala Harris is saying and doing just make you scratch your head. And she definitely deserves her own lead segment today. Okay, first, we're going to recall that a recent USA Today Suffolk University poll has Harris sitting at 28%. 28%. That's 10 points lower than Joe Biden's incredibly bad number. And it's the lowest approval rating ever for a vice president this early into a term. So as bad as Joe Biden is, there might be a reason why we seldom see or hear Kamala Harris. This week was a perfect example. As I covered on the last show, Kamala Harris recently toured one of the country's NASA facilities and asked if NASA could track trees by race. Here's a recap. Vice President Kamala Harris asked NASA if it could use its satellites to track trees by race in various neighborhoods as part of environmental justice during a recent display on climate change, leading many to ridicule the vice president online and even giving rise to a Black Trees Matter hashtag. Harris visited Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland to see vital climate science work. As she met with scientists and engineers and received a first-hand look and how the climate is studied by the space program, as well as how it provides data concerning planetary changes and their impacts, the vice president declared, I truly believe space activity is climate action. I just wonder what these scientists and engineers were thinking. She says that space activity is climate action, because, of course, if there's anything the left likes to focus on, almost as much as race, it's the climate. But Harris didn't stop there. She added this. Climate adaptation strategies. Can you measure um, trees? Part yes. of that data that you're referring to, and it's in EJ's environmental justice, but you can also track by race their averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. So she wants to track racist trees. Is it any wonder that people are burned out with the Democrats' obsession with race and racial politics? But she wasn't done there. Speaking with a group of scientists on an official visit to France this week, Harris explained her love of the scientific method and how the scientific method works to the scientists. One of the things I think people in politics and um, government should really take from the approach of scientists, scientists operate with a hypothesis. I love that. A hypothesis. It's well thought out. It's well planned. They start out with a hypothesis and then they test it out. Knowing invariably you're trying something for the first time, there will be glitches, there will be mistakes. Then everyone gets together, no one gets beat up about it. You analyze it, what went wrong, reevaluate, update the hypothesis, and start again. I bet those scientists really appreciate those statements. It's one thing to say that you love the scientific method, 
Cool. I mean, I do. I'm a geek. I love it. It's another thing to lay it out step by step to actual scientists. But Harris wasn't done. Then in order to contrast politics with science, she broke into a weird accent in order to talk about the plan. With us in government, we campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such that we're expected to defend the plan. Even when the first time we roll it out, there may be some glitches and it's time to reevaluate and then do it again. What can you even say? That's Kamala Harris's weekend review. And keep in mind that Joe Biden is sitting at 38% approval and that this person is seen as his standard bearer, the heir apparent. She has a 28% approval rating. I can definitely see why. All right, next let's talk about the left-wing reaction to the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse and his trial, which if left up to the left-wing media, they would bypass the trial and go straight to conviction. That's essentially what they've done. During the Kenosha, Wisconsin riots, Rittenhouse, even while armed with a weapon, was running away from potential attackers. As he was being chased, fell down, and feared for his life, then he fired. One attacker, who actually testified at the ongoing trial, aimed a weapon right at Rittenhouse before Rittenhouse fired. Now, left-wing celebrities are piling on because Rittenhouse became emotional during testimony on Wednesday. The NBA's LeBron James is kind of famous for crying and faking fouls and also supporting China. He tweeted this. What tears? I didn't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemon heads before walking into court. And then he puts three laughing emojis. What a loser. These people have no concept of actual justice. And they certainly don't believe in innocent until proven guilty. They have already decided that Rittenhouse is guilty. Joe Biden called Rittenhouse a white supremacist. And now, with the trial painting what appears, and I'll go ahead and say appears, to be a clear case of self-defense, left-wing radicals continue to bash Rittenhouse. Actor Kevin Zeggers, in a tweet that has now been deleted, wrote, This is how the first take of a crying scene can look. Weeks of anxiety to push the tears out, and you come up empty. Star Trek actor George Takai went after the trial judge with this tweet. If you want to see how justice often leans hard toward privilege, watch the judge in the Rittenhouse case. A deplorable example indeed. A deplorable example. Wow. Making the prosecution actually present a case and not just trying someone in the left-wing court of public opinion. Yep, quite a deplorable example. And then there's Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi who tweeted this. This is in response to a tweet stating, Good thing Kyle Rittenhouse was just a harmless white kid with an AR-15 and not a scary black kid with a toy gun or he'd be dead. To which Lakshmi replied, Time for America to redefine what it means to be a promising young man. It's incredible that these people feel the need to post these comments without having any grasp of what actually is going on. All right, next, GOP leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, who helped push through the infrastructure bill that was just passed by the U.S. House, says he'll skip the signing ceremony. Apparently, after rallying for a bill that is clearly bad and drawing the ire of former President Trump, McConnell has decided to not draw any more attention to himself 
especially in the eyes of conservative voters. Here's the story. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, won't attend a White House signing ceremony Monday for the $1.2 trillion Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, also known as the Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework, or BIF, after being mocked by former President Donald Trump. No, I've got other things I've got to do other than go to the signing ceremony, McConnell told WHAS, a Louisville radio station, according to The Hill. McConnell voted for the bill, along with 19 Senate and 13 House Republicans, which sparked criticism from Trump in his latest public statement. Why is it that old crow Mitch McConnell voted for a terrible Democrat socialist infrastructure plan and induced others in his party to do likewise when he was incapable of getting a great infrastructure plan wanting to be put forward by me and the Republican Party? Trump asked at the beginning of his statement. That's actually a great question from Trump. Recall, not only did Trump face opposition on infrastructure, but Republican leaders failed to move on immigration reform and repealing Obamacare as well. They fought Trump. But now, a handful of Republicans in the House and Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, handed Joe Biden a win. Here's more. Despite Trump's misgivings, McConnell has touted the infrastructure bill, which will give significant money to his state, primarily to increase broadband access. This bill was basically written in the Senate by a bipartisan group, McConnell said in the WHAS interview. I think it was good for the country, and I'm glad it passed. McConnell has made it a priority to stress the difference between BIF and the Build Back Better plan that the Democrats will try to pass without GOP votes in the House or Senate, a distinction Trump sees as erroneous. It is erroneous. Both are bad bills, and the Democrats showed that even while in control, they can't get anything done. Now we have to rely on Democrats like Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, to hopefully stop the Green New Deal Build Back Better plan from ever becoming law. Okay, so we've had Kamala Harris's crazy week, the left piling on Kyle Rittenhouse, and Mitch McConnell skipping the bill signing that he helped get passed. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. Okay, first, and these guys are truly members of the Relaxed Brain Hall of Fame, we have the Lincoln Project. As you know, this is a group that said they were Republicans but focus all their energy on bringing down former President Trump and thus hurting Republicans nationwide. Now we have Joe Biden and look at the results. But then the Lincoln Project focused on Virginia Republican Glenn Youngkin with a ridiculous tiki torch event with some fake white supremacists. Again, to hurt the efforts of the Republican candidate. Now, co-founder of the group Steve Schmidt is blasting the organization and speaking out. I'm not sure that I did the right thing um, by not saying something publicly, but if I did, I knew it would be more of a distraction for Governor McAuliffe, and I didn't want to do that. Um, but I thought the action was recklessly stupid. It was dishonest and cheap. Um, it is exactly the wrong way to, to approach the fight against a real fascist movement. So he thinks it was recklessly stupid. I'll say they sent fake white supremacists to hurt the campaign of Glenn Youngkin. But Schmidt says that the reason he didn't speak out is because it might have been a distraction for Terry McAuliffe. This group 
has gone from being disgruntled Republicans to full-on left-wing loons. All right, next, how about Harvard University, who is taking wokeness and division to an absurd level? In a university production of a modern take on the play Macbeth, Harvard is designating one of the performance days as a no-whites-allowed performance. Here's the story. A Harvard University production of Macbeth includes blackout dates when only black-identifying audience members are allowed to attend. Harvard asked non-black patrons not to attend the October 29th performance of Macbeth in Stride, a spin of William Shakespeare's famous Scottish tragedy. This Friday, October 29th performance of Macbeth in Stride is designated to be an exclusive space for black-identifying audience members, a statement on the university website reads. For our non-black allies, we appreciate your support in making this a completely black-identifying evening. We invite you to join us at another performance during the run. What's interesting is that they say black-identifying audience members. What if a bunch of white, Hispanic, Asian, and other folks just identified as black for that night? This is flat-out discrimination, and it does nothing to promote unity and inclusion, concepts which those on the left say they champion. And how about some headlines from the Babylon Bee? First, we have Joe Biden, who is looking to kill two birds with one stone. Biden to repurpose oil pipeline to carry illegal immigrants. And finally, not all Sesame Street characters have sold out to support vaccine mandates. One character is holding firm. Oscar the Grouch refuses the vaccine, stocks up on ivermectin. Good for Oscar, and we'll see who else joins him. Also, I have to give a shout out to friends Craig and Jenny, who came up and said hi while I was out to eat this week in my neighborhood. They're fans of the show, and I appreciate them so much. So, if you're watching, just go to bobbyeverly.com contact and fill out the form. I'll send you a BE hat and a really cool thermos. <laughs> Thank you again. I really appreciated meeting you. She said the names were easy to remember because it's Jenny and Craig. I appreciate your support. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Monday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour.